0: All right, how we doing this morning? Good, good. mic test, everything great. Good, good. I'm excited. I'm hungry. Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm hungry? You got? Okay. Uh huh. ma'am my neck. Yes, I'm ready. Stuffing, pecan pie, turkey. What all are we having, sugar? Not stuffing. Not stuffing? Oh well, not stuffing. But the Lord is good. Uh, I'm a big proponent of starting Christmas stuff after Thanksgiving dinner, okay? If, if, you're, if you're like watching movies and playing Christmas songs, you know, pre-Thanksgiving dinner, you know, the Lord be with you. Uh, though I do have to confess, The Chosen has a song, um, uh, uh, Born, Born the King, uh, I can't remember how it goes, but I'll tell you, when it, I played it a couple times, it's a Christmas song, and those two fellas could sing it reminded, it reminded me of uh, Jonathan and I. It's a black dude and a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he, they can sing. They, they can sing, yes. <laughs> I can rap. Can you? No, no that's OK, One man. Time. One time. <laughs> so um, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad to be here. My name is Jesse Brinson. For those who don't know him, I think I, think I kind of know everybody. But uh, my wife and I uh, just moved here in June. Our family and our dog and, and all our uh, uh, um, baggage. So no, no, it's been it's been good. It's been good. It's been amazing. And I get the opportunity to continue in our series that we've been talking about fake identity. And the the goal today is to uh, bring it and make it more specific for each of you not to say, hey, this is your particular identity, but help you take steps towards Figuring it out. If you haven't figured it out yet, or to strengthen what you've already know for yourself. And so the title for this message is the Jimmys and Joes. All right. And and the reason that is is it it came out of. A, I'll tell you exactly where that phrase came from. But I thought about it. It came to me while we were praying one day. Um, for some of you that don't know, uh, and you know with the big game coming up next week, I had an opportunity to walk on and play football at KU back in '99. Uh, 301 and uh, Terry Allen was there, and um, it was amazing to me the roles that each demographic, in the sense of people, had. And what I mean by that, if you were a star, the role that you played; if you were a scout team dummy, the role that you played. You know, the water boys, the trainers. You know, each person played a role. They had a spe- specific identity that they were expected to bring to the table, and so. Um, and that's where I'm going in today. Individual identity. Right. Jonathan has done a great job talking about our collective identity as people who believe in Christ. What is the church body to do and be as being temple with feet and ushering and hosting God's spirit? Uh, that full phrase, though, is it's not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's. And the X's and O's refers to the coaching side of it, the strategic side of it. If you had a, a whiteboard and you were, whether it was basketball, soccer, football, et cetera, you would use the X's to represent the offensive side of it and the O's for the defensive side of it. And you would talk about strategy of how to outman your opponent. And then it says the Jimmies and Joe's, which just, which means like it's, it's, it's not the X's of those, it's the Jimmies and Joe's, it's the, the, those individual people you're bringing in and how they're going to support and, and make your team better. Or if you have a strategy, how if this person is disequipped to do something, they're going to make that play that much better because it's about the Jimmies and Joe's and the kingdom of God believes in both the strategy and the personnel. As a matter of fact, God's strategy was people. The personnel. And so we're going to, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a really take a long time to get off the runway. It's going to go really fast. And then we're going to land with you having an exercise to do. We're going to do it before you leave here. Matter of fact, you got the key to the doors? Okay. All right. No, no, no. You'll be able to leave without, but you're going to actually want to write some things down because I want to make sure you get started with something and you could take that over the, the Thanksgiving break and be able to um, uh, be with God more about it uh and, and developing it more um so the important it's important because and as we were praying i was in this prayer meeting someone was praying that uh god you know be you know be with this person that you know as they're ministering and doing what they're doing that they're being bring people in the church and immediately i thought to myself man you got to be careful what you pray for you know because god might just answer it you know um i thought that was funny but it wasn't but that's okay And because if, if God begins to usher people into the church and let's say specifically blue month church, you know, we're going to be responsible for the people that come. And then the the way we look at growth is if, if, uh, we believe there's different stages of maturity in following Christ. There's dead in a sense, no relationship with Christ child or infant, child, young adult. And so for example, if a a lot of children come in in since maturity level, We're going to need a lot of young adults or spiritual parents to be able to help those children grow up. And so it was like I had this really would in me. It was just like a sense of doubt. Like, man, be careful because, you know, you know what's going to happen to all those children? And God was like, well, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Right. There's some people who love to just go out, evangelize, gather people, connect with people, meet people, invite them to things. And then there's another group of people who loves to just come alongside people no matter where they're in life and help them mature. And if we could trust that that's what God has equipped us with and in doing, that those people, that as they come in, they will be taken care of, that these people will mature, but it's gonna take the Jimmys and the Joes. It's gonna take the Brendans and the Kindles, or the Michaels and the Baileys, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna take us, it's gonna take you in these seats to really know your identity and operate in that. You feel me, Faxon? My man, that's my guy right there. <laughs> All right, so at the end of this, after you've done the exercise, my hope is that you will ha- ask this question, one or two of these questions. How can I help? Maybe you already know your identity and you want to know how can I be more involved. Or two, uh, I, I, I want to help, but I'm not really sure what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and this is, it should help you be able to accomplish some of that. So, uh, but as we go into that thing, into it, here's the thing, there's a dilemma. There's two dilemmas, and we have to come overcome those two dilemmas first. Um, one is people don't know where their identity is. They don't know where to begin. And so over the last, I would suggest the first thing is, you know, starting with the two messages that Jonathan have spoken on uh, over the past couple of weeks. You know, coming out of fake identity, starting with what the collective idea is. All right. And, and, and when we think back about what Jonathan talked about, we look at that uh, first Colossians three, eighteen. All right. And I've got to put it on here, but it says, do not do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Remembering that. Right. Man, I'm God's temple. We're God's temple. OK, that's who we are. All right. Another thing that he mentioned was getting set in. All right, This was last week. Committing to what Jesus is doing. So you, you said, okay, all right, what I'm saying is you should be thinking, okay, Jesse, you're saying if I'm gonna really know what my identity is, it starts with being a part of the church. All right, if I'm, if I'm in Blue Moon Church, okay, what is God doing through Blue Moon Church? Getting involved in that. And then, then one other thing he mentioned was being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that means being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's just simple, just surrendering all that you are to the Holy Spirit and letting him grow you, letting him challenge you and bring things out that needs to be removed. That's the first dilemma, right? Starting with the collective thing. The second dilemma is we have, brace yourself, we have been told so many times we can be whatever we want to be. I'm sorry, that's a fake identity. We've been told so many times we can be whatever we want to be. It's like we've watched so many James Bond movies and he's going on this disguise. He's a woman in this one. He's a young person in that one. He's an old person in this one. He's a professor this and trying to maintain all these different disguises when that's not what God has called us to be. He has a specific role for us. He has something that he wants us to specifically do. It's like one of uh, uh, our daughters, Tori and I's daughter, you know, I know Jonathan said Last week, that typically when he bring up uh, one of his children in stories, they work out a deal, money wise, um, we pay the bill, so they just gonna have to take it. <laughs> no, I believe that's honoring, and and if they were in here, we would probably. This particular one, this particular one, and if you know our family, you would know which one. Um, um, we would just be able to pay her in candy. But this story is about candy. I asked her. I said, I said, hey, Yana. Hey, <laughs> if you walked into a candy store and you had only get three pieces of candy, which candies would you get? She went, Push Pop, Ring Pop, uh, what, I don't, no, I don't, and then she said, I don't get it, I don't get it, what are you asking me? So I said, if you walked into a candy store, a lot of candies, and there's three, only three of them you can get, which ones would you get? And she went, Push Pop, Chocolate Bar. And then she named like a number three and then a number four. And I'm just like, no, 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 you can only get three. And let me belabor this for a point because I'm making a point. So I said, look, if you walked into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but you could only get three, three candies, which ones would you get? She goes, what do you mean? Like, I'm at a candy store. Why wouldn't I be able to get all of them at a candy store, right? And that's what happens when we sit in this fake identity that we could be whatever we want to be. Mm-hmm. Good. It's like, what What do you mean, God? Like, do this. What do you mean? And we, we, become, we become unfocused. We, be, we get to a point where the frustration and confusion sets in because we're not sure really what God has called us to do because we're so indebted in this. We could be whatever we want to be. And that's literally what happens when God, when we ask God for our purpose, we, we were confused by the whatever you want to be statement. I remember doing a missions trip down in Matamoros a couple years ago and um, we did a VBS and the particular VBS was about uh, purpose in life. And I had told this young lady, you know, the truth is, you know, God hasn't called you to be whatever you want to be. There's something specifically has you to do that you should go after and you could just see it in her face like. Who are you, American, to tell me I can't be whatever I want to be? You know, and and, and 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 I. For me, it was the first time I'd ever told anyone that. But the truth is that man, God is literally has a role for you. You know, when you hear, you know, play, run your lane. You know, it, that's something to that. That 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 um, we should latch on. And but the great thing about it, and it's it's freeing. It's freeing. <clears throat> It says uh, in Galatians 5, 1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Right? And what that yoke that, I'm, that, that I want you to see is that, like, man, when you're trying to operate in so many things that you're not called to be, I mean, if I could be whatever I want to be, I want to be a f- basketball player, but I'm short six inches, so God help me, you know, help me, I need to grow, you know, but that's not what he had called me to be. All right. Um, the rule isn't meant to be restricting, but freeing. There was a study done years ago, um, uh, kids on a playground and playgrounds that did not have fence, kids tend to operate around the centerpiece or in the middle of the field. All right. And, but once they put up a fence around the playground, you the kids ran freely around the playground, sat in all the open field. The reason is because there is some there. There's this freedom that we miss when we don't realize that there's a lane that we should be doing. When you're trying to accomplish so many things, you miss the freedom and the thing that God has for you in your life. And so um, this thing I thought of, and I hope it I will just I wanted to just continue to bring home the point that, and. This illustration is that if you were created to be a bar stool, but you live your life as a chair, you'll never have the correct perspective. <clears throat> so whether you're a person who has pursued everything, um, whether you're someone who is pursuing everything to be something, or you're just starting out and you want to, you know, I want to get you started off on the right foot. All right, this this will help you today. And I was at both. I was there and, and i'm not trying to communicate that that won't be sometime in your life where you're feeling like you're doing multiple things things that you're probably not equipped for when we were down in fort scott there was a lot of times where i felt like i was alone and having to operate in spheres that i just not was not made for all right administration being one of them and i think that's where god let me win over the heart of a wonderful lady who likes administration, right? There was uh, always coming up with ideas. There's, you know, my, my, I love just meeting people and going, going, going. Please don't try to slow me down to help plan, in a sense, uh, what the, the, a campus meeting would look like or what a church service would look like. You know, let's, I got a couple ideas and then y'all run with it. But there was times in Fort Scott where I had to feel like I was doing many different roles. And then moving here, all right. Uh, I had to not in a sense. I had to slow down and think from thinking that way and think about what God had really called me to do. And so I wanted to set off on the right foot. So Jonathan and I were having a conversation about what that would look like. And uh, I and I, I don't know how I posed the question, but then his one of his replies was, man, I want you to just go and just meet people and go to different places and just just go, man, and see what's out there. And I told him, uh, you remember this? I said, Man, I don't know why, but I thought I would. I thought you would have thought that was a bad idea. And he was like, "No, man, why would you think that?" And I was like, "I don't know, the devil, <laughs> I guess." Uh, so, but that's what I love doing. Who loves doing that? Who? Okay, good. You like doing that? Anyone else? Because we need that in the city, and I might be knocked on the door to hey, So, but, but. But it was so freeing to know that I didn't have to think about the other things, but I can go and be exactly what God had created me to be and what was in my heart to do. And so, um, and and it it all started, though, and this is where we we just want to remind you of that first point. It all started, though, when I was a ninth, uh, ninth grader. I was a freshman in college and was pursuing football. And someone said, look, Jesse, your identity is in sport." is in sports, but God wants to give you an identity that no one could change or take or form. And I really latched on that. I wanted to be significant. I wanted to do something that was gonna matter, right? And so I rooted myself in that. <clears throat> and here's, but the question, so moving forward, how do, how do we begin to set ourselves specifically, right? Right, how do we, like, man, God, for me specifically, how do, and I think it starts with this one, this verse here, in Jeremiah 1.5, you've heard this before, right? And it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation, right? This not only tells you and reminds you of uh, who knew you before you were beginning to be formulated in your mother's womb, But also it's a live example of a guy that Jesus uh, God has given. He's given him a specific role like, hey, this is what I've called you to do. I didn't call you to be a king. I didn't call you to be, you know, you know, a politician or whatever that looked like back then or a common citizen. You're going to be my prophet to the nations. And I've set you aside for this purpose. God knows us Intimately. And the outside value valuables that that's went into what we've experienced, what we love to do, desires, uh, 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 things that have broken our hearts, he's in control. He's, he saw that. The family you were born in has something to do with your identity. The place you were born in. Your ethnicity might have something to do with what God is calling you and the role you might play. Your love, your desires, I've mentioned that. <clears throat> Your identity, your individual identity, what I'm really trying to do is, is sell you guys on this idea of this individual identity. It's, it, it really is like a finger, fingerprint. It's new, unique to you. It's unique to you, and it's something we must grasp. When Jonathan was talking about a temple with feet and First Peter was talking about a spiritual house created to offer up sacrifices, all that goes into this, this house, right, all into this house that God is building, you know, they might all look the same, the rocks that's put in or the, you know, now the, uh, the, the siding or et cetera, the, the lumber that goes in. But there are individual pieces. Some are holding up corners. Some are holding up the middle, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 I, and this point right here hits home again. It says, First Corinthians, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body through many through many, Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greek, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. There's that spirit again, be filled with the spirit. And then skipping to verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged... The members in the body each one of them as it, as he chose if we were all a single member where would the body be as it is there are many bodies yet one body the eye cannot say to the hand i have no need of you nor again the head to the feet i have no need for you this first corinthians 12 shows values in the individual parts when we get caught in being everything there is the need to try to create our de- destiny and that, again, reminds me of what happened in Eden, in Eden. Adam and Eve trying to create something on their own, apart from God. That's what happens when we try to accomplish this, uh, this be everything or be whatever we want. But really knowing in our heart that God has, has called us to something special. Uh, John 15, verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 3. <coughs> Already you're clean because of the word that I have spoken to you abide in me and I in you and the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. The reason I was pursuing football and really any, you know, I wanted to do computer science but calculus kicked my butt. Um, it was all about getting the money right getting a bag but I was gonna take the money that I was collecting and go back to Houston build families encourage young men to live a life bigger than themselves and try to be a good citizen in my community be involved in my community here's the crazy thing right I was pursuing professional sports for that reason I never made it to be a professional but everything that I wanted to do I was able to accomplish because I had set my identity in Christ. From mentoring young people, to being involved in families, doing reading programs, being involved in my community. Because when we set our identity in Christ, right, once we, we, and we come to know what we're called to do, we begin to operate at a level that we wouldn't be able to had not we committed to Christ. Is that clear, did I say that clear enough sometime I, yeah, well. I want to just uh, share with us a couple uh, one live example. I want to share with us a one live exa- uh, one example from the Bible of someone who's just rooted in their identity, and then we're going to go to and uh, do some work to uh, make some notes for ourselves. So um, that person is Paul. Um, you know, Paul. You know, he was uh, he crucified Christians. Um, he, he, he had a, his upbringing was, I mean, that of the highest level I can, I don't, see, that's why we have people like Jonathan and some of you other closer theologian type folk, you know, the, the type of people he studied on just under and just his education made him one of the, made him a, a pretty guy, a guy that was high up, and to say the least. And then he had an encounter with God. Uh, on the road to Damascus with Jesus, and, you know, Paul, why you, um, Paul, Saul, Saul, why you persecuted me, you know, and I don't know how long the period was, but there's multiple days where he was blind, and a, a guy named Ananias was uh, challenged to go pray for him, and, and, and he was like, why would you send me to do that, and God was like, I got to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name, and he indeed did suffer, almost got um, assassinated twice, shipwrecked. wrecked, Put in jail, unjustly, just multiple things. But we read in um, uh, Romans 15, verse 16 and 24 says, this is what he knew his identity was. This is part of it. There's other verses that say that, but these are the two I picked out. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel. So that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So he knew he had an identity that it was something his purpose was targeted towards working with the Gentiles. Here's another thing, you know, uh, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. He really had his heart, sir, to go to Spain and and to be a help on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed it. So but just this illustrating like this man was set in his identity and he accomplished so much, so much that he wrote much of our new testament <clears throat> this is the same person who also said you know be all things all people to reach a few so don't let that cause a conflict in your your mind so so the question is what are you going to do about this idea that you know you have an individual destiny in the midst of the body you're supposed to be an eye or, or leg or, or hand or etc I, really I really want to help us see our individual calling for you to run this race lined out in the, uh, lined out in the identity Christ has for you, because yours is different than your neighbor, okay? Uh, individual identity is like a fingerprint, and you are called to have, leave your stamp on this world. So the first thing I want you guys to do, all right? um, well, not the first thing in the step, but the first thing for your purpose is, you know, grab your phone, grab something to write something down with, because you're going to have to, going to have to take some notes here. Um, First, though, is to pray and ask Jesus for a spirit to be with you as you discover this. And this is a repeated repeated act. You want to do this repeatedly, right? Whether it's once a day, twice a day, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every day, whatever you want to do, but you're going to want to do this repeatedly. Because, because we see in part and know in part, it's continually being defined, right? It's continually being worked. And sometimes, you know, it might adjust just a little. Right. Um, I was talking to a friend um, who is about 70 years old and he said it like this. I am really enjoying grand parenting. And what he meant was this level of he's a grandparent, but this level of of, of what it meant to be at a. Uh, um, I can't explain like he did, but he was saying that. I'm at a level of parenting where I, I I'm, I'm less hands-on, to say to say the least, right? And his so his identity looks a lot different than if it did 40 years ago when he was younger. His kids were probably, you know, you know mid 20s or whatever, or whatever that would make him. And so, um, so the first thing is the the pray, all right? The the second thing, <clears throat> uh, let's go to the next one, because my. Uh, we're going to look at a list of words. It's going to be a lot of words. When it it pops up, it's going to be a lot of words. And I'm going to say, and the words are going to pop up, and you're going to pick five words that describe activities of your life. Don't be overwhelmed, and this is is not an exhaustive list. So if there aren't any words that are up there that you feel like fit your activities, go ahead and write those down, okay? All right, and where we're going with this is you're going to eventually make a life statement out of life mission statement out of this that's going to help you begin to narrow in on a specific individual identity. So, what are those words? It's funny to me. I, I think I got this revelation when I was probably about 25 years old, about a year after I was married or so. Uh, when I growing up, I wanted to be a professional football player, a fireman, and a teacher. And I spent a lot of time doing doing that. In the sense, man, there were moments where um, I remember going into a um, um, a drug house. In a sense, to to not necessarily rescue anyone that was in danger, but to rescue a, a cousin, a foster son of ours, at the time he was a he was in direct relationship to me. It, it wasn't like he was in immediate danger, but he was in a drug house, if you could see what I'm saying. And just the things that God had prepared me for, and then after that, shortly going in the ministry and literally being getting a few calls here and there, you know, in the middle of the night about this kid, this happening to this kid, and having the in a sense, rescue them in that moment uh, or or be there for them. Um, Obviously, I'm not a professional. I'm not an educator, but I have moments where I teach. um, And then I play football, and I have spears where I'm able to talk to football players. And so by the way, for any K-State fans in here, I did the chapel for OSU when they played K-State. Remember, K-State beat them like like beat them, beat them guess that doesn't really help me on teaching, though, does it? No, my point was, though, but just having that activity, right, being involved in football, I was able, it was something that got us saying, hey, here's some spheres that you're going to see yourself in, right? This this might have something to do with your identity. That's what we're saying. As you look at these activities, it said, hey, your identity, your specific identity and calling might have something to do with these areas. Um, I asked a friend, a guy that wasn't directly in the trenches with me, but someone I trusted. I said, hey, man, I'm having to think about going back and doing semi-pro ball, and i I just having trouble on what I should do. And he said this. He said, Jesse, I can't tell you if you should go and try that out, you know, after so long. Uh, This was back when I was like in the mid-20s. But I can tell you this. We do need ministers in that area. And so whether I had chosen it or not, he was saying like, look, make sure you're a minister in that area. And So um, moving on to the next question. Hopefully that didn't overwhelm you guys. Five services that describe your talents or desires. So what you're about to see on this next shorter list of words is services, things you could do or you maybe be already doing that describes your talents or our desires. Let's show them that list, please. once again this this is not exhaustive right if you see something on here that um, it's not you know that you feel like may not that's a service or something or talent that I desire put that down all right this is just the best list Jesse could come up with I was looking at those lists, I saw the one that said cleaning. And I had this, there was one time I said to myself, I could beat Tori in cleaning. I'm better than her in cleaning. And then it finally hit to me. Well, maybe you are, but can you do the cleaning like she does it as often as she does it, I we? All right, cleaning is probably not my deal. It's not my deal. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm not saying she does all the cleaning, I'm just saying, Part of it is, you might want to think about, like, is it, this is something you like doing, is it something you could do with excellence regularly? All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Three demographics you would like to focus on, and I just wrote that shortly, but spears, spaces, demographics of where folks are, all right? Um, That's that's the list you're about to see next, because that might be the area you would be doing, exercising these desires and talents, services, et cetera, uh, and activities in these areas. So what's that list? Our staff was talking about, oh, because Jonathan uh, talked a little bit about this, I think, two weeks ago. You know, um, recycling and things like this. And I just thought to myself, like, Tori and I have um, a trash can and recycle being at home. And to me, trash is trash. I mean, we should care for the earth and we should be, you know, take care of things. But I was like, we we're paying for somebody to recycle something; they're going to sell back to us, you know, and so. I'm bringing it up because it's not a burden or anything, but could you imagine, like, if you didn't enjoy taking care of the earth, like, really enjoy having to be like, yeah, that was your ministry, that was something you had to do all the time, or I don't know, um, I don't know, maybe you didn't, you know, like, being in a school setting and having to always work in education, right? That wouldn't be freeing at all that's, you know, that, that would probably be a highlight that, man, God, maybe having called you to that particular area, so as you're looking at these, you know, make sure it's something you're like, man, I would enjoy doing that, or I already do it, and I enjoy doing it, so yeah, uh, what's the next one, all right, life mission statement, so this is your homework, all right, and no one's, you know, this is, this is where you're going to have to be, put on your, your big person clothing, right, you're going to have to, Grow up a little bit. You're gonna to have to when you, if you decide to write this, right? A one sentence statement that a 12 year old can understand about what you want to accomplish or your mission in life, right? And then share that with someone, right? Man, this is what I want to do. Tori and I, our uh, we wrote this mission statement. I don't know. Back, I don't know, maybe like two years in the marriage, you know, to bless everyone we come in contact with, right? And that's a very simple one because when I get mad at the driver that is, you know cut me off or something that, you know, I'm not living according to my mission, or if the cashier lady seems a little bit kind of snobby, you know, and I reply in a bad attitude, you know, I'm not living up to my mission, so it's like, okay, I have something that keeps me in line, you know, Um, but that's for us, that's for our, for us as a couple, you know, but I know that God has called me to go and reach people, you know, to be in the schools, right, I love, I love being around young people. Being in the middle school, going to um, recently a couple weeks ago, I was over at uh, Junction High, uh, Junction High School, Junction City High School. Just connecting with the players and the coaches and having fun, talking it, and and it's just like almost it was almost like this. This is is this really real? Am I really earning my keep right here? Because it was it was kind of it was like this is too easy. What am I missing? You know, but just remembering just how God's spirit just moves with that. You know, versus I don't know, I don't. I stay out of all the other places. I don't know what the other the flip side would be, but our, my goal was for that you could be someone who could say, you know what, when I am doing this, these activities and working in this way and using my talents this way, I, it's like uh, *Cherries of Fire*, one of the most boring movies ever. But my guy is running on the beach. He said, when I run, I just feel the glory of the Lord. You know, whatever he said, he just say he feels God, right? And, and then when I'm out there with students and hanging out and, and and connecting with people and meeting and getting to know their story i just like man god is doing something in this and that's the same freedom he has for you that's good. the same freedom you have he has for you that he wants you to feel so um as i end this thing god kingdom is a people operating in their individual identities together Bringing about His glory and reign on this earth, because they are secure in who He is and who He has called them to be. Join me in living it out this week and for the rest of our lives. I'm so so uh, so. That that's that's it right there, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, it's going to be a fun time. All right, don't eat too much. All right, make sure each part of the meal has its individual identity. All right. (laughs) You know, there's a reason you have the turkey and the greens and the, the desserts. So, but hey, enjoy this time. I really think God wants to give us an opportunity to encounter him in a deeper way um, as we go into this moment where it's, you know, it, it, we're visiting with family um, and and um, being thankful and having a season of thankfulness. So, happy Thanksgiving. We love you guys. And be free.